Welcome back, everybody. This is part two of a two-part pop culture salvage expeditions. This is also a lost episode. You might remember that in June or July of 2019, uh, the gang, we were out in a brand new Chevy Suburban, and we were I was driving Pat and Steve to an unnamed second location, and we left off pulling into the driveway of that unnamed second location. This episode is all about that unnamed second location. And I hope you enjoy it. It was lost because, well, we've been working on anti-corruption work on the election here in the United States in 2020, um, on fighting COVID-19 and making sure that the vaccine and treatments are free and affordable for everyone. We've just been uh, hard at work. And so this kind of went on the back burner, but hopefully you get a little resolution here on that tension that we created over 18 months ago. So enjoy the show. Previously on the Pop Culture Salvage Expedition, Pat, Steve, and Steve navigated the wilds of New England in a brand new Chevy Suburban. Their destination... The 150,000-square-foot Bass Pro Shop Outdoor World Shop Experience Destination Retail Store in Bridgeport, Connecticut. What follows is a record of their awesome experience. So this is Bass Pro Shops, and Bass Pro Shops started in the back of a Brown Derby liquor store owned uh, by this guy's father in Springfield, Missouri. Started in 1971, sold homemade bait and worms. So their first warehouse opened in 1995 in Atlanta. It was their first store outside of Missouri. And then in 2001, um, it it became a tourist destination. It was called Outdoor World, Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. And um, the Wonders of Wildlife Museum was opened next door to the store in Springfield. They have stores all over the country. And within the stores are different restaurants. Um, This one has what's called Uncle Buck's Fish Bowl and Grill. That's where we'll be eating lunch. Okay. Um, Some include other restaurants. I first went to Bass Pro Shops when I was visiting Memphis. And they have, it's one of their biggest stores. There's a hotel built into the store so you can stay in the store overnight what okay why would you want to do that you'll see when you get inside this place is like a huge outdoorsman's kind of place ah fishing hunting camping a lot of clothing there's a reason you've never gone there's a reason Steve's never gone. There's a reason I never went until someone, I just decided, oh, I'm in Memphis and let's just see what this is. I was stunned and I'm so glad to share this with you. Um, so, I can't wait to see what the vegan options are. Ah, I'm sure they'll have I'm, I'm sure they will actually. Yeah. They'll have yeah. like vegan options. Are you ready to go grab life by the gills? Maybe take a road trip to a place with no roads. Would you like to make an investment you know will pay off? Then you belong at Bass Pro Shops, where great gear, great prices, and the great outdoors all meet up. Bass Pro Shops. Your adventure starts here. 
And now, Steve, Pat, and myself are going to be wandering inside the store. And what you're going to hear is surreptitiously recorded audio from wireless microphones that we took inside that you can hear us kind of muttering things to ourselves, talking to each other as we move around this massive store. <laughs> I've been waiting for this for so long. Yeah, Steve really has. He's been this <laughs> Welcome fishermen, hunters, and other liars. <laughs> this place is so big. And I saw someone speaking Spanish. We're trying to get reservations. So that was encouraging. Warning, you are entering a redneck area. You may encounter American flags, armed citizens, the Lord's Prayer, and country music. I just saw that there's an ice fishing demo starting in a few minutes. This guy's getting his crossbow checked. So I'm lost in the store. It's like Cracker Barrel, right? Have you ever been ice fishing? I've never been. Me neither. To anything that would require me sitting out in the ice. This is where a whole big section of the world shops, you know? Like, it's where they get all this stuff. It looks like a lodge, but just supersized. This is like where you go to get vests. There are like 50 different versions of vests here. Throw pillows, guns, and the fudge shop. They have done a lot with plastics in this store, I've been noticing. It's hard to tell who works here. Yes, yes. So all of these are stuffed, right? Yeah. Yeah. It would be disingenuous to have, like... Right. I don't know about the fake fish, though. Holy crap! <laughs> There's fish! Oh, these rocks are fake. <laughs> nice fireplace. Leather jewelry. Oh, right, leather jewelry from the animals that they... Kill. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, this is the closest we'll get to, like, redneck stuff. I gotta go find the knife area. Is there a cave? This is exit to cave. So is ice fishing easier because fisher um, need food more? Guns. There's a shooting gallery. Like that, like, look at that gun for kids. I've never been to a gun shop. Guns. 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 This is a purse for carrying a gun. This is super kid-friendly. Do not shoot at humans or animals. Guns. Guns. Do you want to check out the gun safes? I think that's for making your own ammo. Oh my god. Gun. 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 Vegetarian, an old Indian word for bad hunter. There's just some up values in here. The deer hunter habitually watches the next bend, the duck hunter watches the skyline, the bird hunter watches the dog, and the non-hunter does not watch. That's steep. Let's check out camping. Camping's neutral, right? Yeah. It is funny, and it's like all this outdoor activity that doesn't really require any cardio... It's like you're not going to get fit as a result of engaging in this. We're in the kids section. There's baby stuff. There's like pink pink blanket camo for your baby. 
ice fishing workshop. Yeah, this shit's all just creepy. You want some loose fit denim jeans, boot cut? <laughs> I'm gonna say no. But check out this woman shopping for crossbows. I, I know everything there is to know about guns. So it's like bad aesthetics, bad aesthetics. Just poor quality aesthetics. Stop yelling out the word aesthetics in this store. <laughs> You're gonna get us killed. <laughs> They're really not um, trying to fight the idea that this is a grown-up uh, kid. This is all grown-up kid stuff. What does this place give you that like Walmart doesn't? Um, and I've never truly been in a Walmart, so you could never been me in there. A Walmart. I only walked in once um, in uh, Western Massachusetts. I got seven aisles in, and I got like a panic attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I've never fully experienced it. But it seems like they sell all the same stuff. Here's dog area. I've gone from like this is super fun, and this is. And then like, wow, and now I'm like, ugh. <laughs> Do you want anything from the fudge shop? Bass Pro Shops. Your adventure starts here. And now we're going to go back in the car, drive home, and talk about what we learned. All right, so uh, we're full. The energy level's a little lower. <laughs> um, we have a belly full of alligator. Yep, we ate alligator. So I... So we should talk about the experience first, and then we'll talk about what we can learn from it, if anything. Okay. <laughs> um, personally, I went in really excited because I had been to one of these, the, the biggest one in Memphis and stuff, and I really wanted you to, to see it. And it is spectacular when you walk in. Mm -hmm. And then a, about 20, 25 minutes, I had the experience I sometimes have in malls and big stores, which is like, oh, I hate this. I got to get out of here. <laughs> this sucks. And, uh, and then we had a pleasant meal and everything. And now I'm sort of back somewhere in the middle. But that was an emotional uh, roller coaster of <laughs> sorts, <laughs> or energy level ro roller right. coaster. Um, how would you describe this to somebody who has never been to never. a brass bass pro shop? Um, I think so. My first impression was, I mean, my senses were assaulted by all the stuffed animals. Um, <laughs> It did Let, let's clarify what you mean by stuffed animals, because it could sound very cute. Oh, yes, exactly. Not toys, but they had... Um, trophy. Yeah, trophy animals, I guess, that were killed by either staff or <laughs> customers. They, they probably bought them at some point. <laughs> yeah, had a taxidermist, you know, due to preparation, and they're all over the store. And big animals, like bears and... Moose or meese. Um, you saw a moose? Uh, good question. I think it might be meese in plural. Um, That's mice. Uh, and it also reminded me of like an extended cracker barrel. Um, just the, like, a, or like TGI Fridays, like all those stores are just cluttered with stuff. Right, just cluttered. 
cluttered with stuff. Um, and it was not that diverse, even though there was some diversity. But there, there was, was more than I expected. I expected yeah. it to be 100% white. Exactly. It was more like 94% white. Yeah. Um, I did hear some Spanish being spoken, <laughs> and it made me a little more relieved. And again, we're talking... Bridgeport or Bridgehampton? Bridgeport. 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 So it's... Which is, is not... It's a pretty diverse town. Right. Yeah. Um, so you didn't get that in the store. And it was... For me... I guess my first reaction to it was... Ooh, this is ugly. Hmm. And ugly. Yeah, what ugly. Ma- what made it ugly? Uh, the clothing was ugly. The fabric, <laughs> right? It was cheap fabric. Right. It was, yeah, it was nothing luxurious um, about it. Uh, even the, yeah, the design, like the the huge aquarium was really big, but not particularly nice or, mm-hmm. yeah, compelling in any way. Uh, probably the best section was the kids section. And because it's Christmas time, mm-hmm. um, right, that is jazzed up a little more. And uh, Santa looked really good. Yeah. Uh, Santa had a great Santa smile. Yeah, and the kids were all Santa. The kids, yeah. the kids were, like, playing with right. their toys. You could and... actually see the twinkle in his yeah. eye. I was just like, that's a pretty good Santa. And he wasn't a pedophile. <laughs> we think. <laughs> Let's hope that was not even a thought that crossed my mind. Thanks, Steve. Um, I was thinking. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that was my reaction. It was um, it was uh, assaulting my senses, and it was ugly. It's funny because I haven't really thought about it as an aquarium versus other aquariums. Right. I was just stunned that there was an aquarium in a retail store. Okay. Like, and it, for an aquarium in a retail store, it is the best I've ever seen because it's the only <laughs> one. Um, and also, when I I was. St- you know, you're not, ex- or at least I wasn't expecting to see it the first time I saw it. So it was just like, oh my God, there's an aquarium. And the one in Memphis has multiple aquariums right. and bodies of water, li- like literally bodies of water in the floor of the store that you walk around. You know, like if you weren't careful, you'll walk into the water. Right. And this aquarium is um, sport fish. It's not like yes, fish. It's exactly. Like, like bass and trout and, right. you know. So they're kind of like big fish hanging out that you might want to catch and eat. Right. As opposed to, ooh, look at how pretty that one. Ooh, that one looks weird. <laughs> Not exotic or educational. Yeah. Right. And no. I grew up with a dad who, so we had aquarium growing up, and so he was into the uh-huh. aquarium culture, and so how you design your aquarium matters. And this one was, yeah, just a bunch of big fish yeah. in a big old tank. I, I was just surprised that, like, how much extra stuff there was besides shopping. Like, there's a bowling alley. Right. There's a bar. There's an arcade. There's a restaurant. And you got... I got the sense that people go there for, like, three or four hours. Because they may do a little shopping. And... But then they hunker down to have a... a you know, a bowling little party. Right. Or the kids... Send the kids to the arcade while you go and get, you know, bombed in the bar. And it was sort of a lifestyle thing. Right? Because in some ways, the content is not that different from a sporting goods store. Like a big sporting right. goods store, right? Okay, toys that they usually don't have that. 
but everything else was more or less like that. But then there was all this lifestyle stuff thrown on top of it, including the architecture. Like you go in and it looks like a lodge, yeah. right? Like a right. fishing, uh, like a hunting lodge mm-hmm. or a fishing lodge, but on steroids. Like what one would look like if it was stuck in Orange County. Right. And you don't have to play, pay those club fees. Right. Right. So you just go in. Um, uh, I get all that and right. it was ugly. No, oh, yeah, it was it wasn't well done lodge. Right. Um, but it was that was the aesthetic. But and, yeah. I think if you were a customer, you I don't I I feel bad saying this, but their customer's sense of aesthetics is 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 at a lower standard. Well, I don't I disagree. I mean, I think it's just it's a different class. It's like it's essentially we're talking about REI, right? You go to right. an REI store and it's kind of structured the same, but it's for a different class of people. It's for upper middle class folks. And so the the designs are nicer, they're, they're, the quality is better. And this is, did you look at the prices on those jackets? They're $39. Right. Try to get anything at REI for under $139 right. and you won't be able to get. And it's just, to me, this was like, oh, this is a culture which is catering to actually, you know, the people that libtards don't talk to. Well, but I would push back on that, right? Because yeah. my whole time then, I kept asking Steve Lambert about this, is what is this offering that Walmart doesn't, right? Because right? Walmart does cheap, but right. you don't get the sense that, ooh, it's ugly, right? Oh, or, I, hey, actually, Walmart, I have I would say yeah. Target. Target does cheap, right. but you don't but get both the sense Target, that Sorry, both Target and Walmart often will, there'll be like a restaurant in the store. In Walmart, it's usually a McDonald's. In the last Target I was in, it was a... Um, Starbucks, right? Okay. So there's a place to eat. And then um, I think, well, we were talking about Ikea too that has its own restaurant, right. that has its own kids' play area. This one has more of that stuff. It's a little bit more on that extreme. But there, um, yeah, I think there is like a, it's a hybrid of a Walmart and an outdoor store. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely, it's the lifestyle is the fishing and hunting outdoor lifestyle. Whereas Walmart isn't really selling a lifestyle. It's just cheap goods. You get organic food there. You get paint there. Right. Now, you know. I should clarify, though. Pat revealed to me she's only been into a Walmart one time. Yes. And left after how long? Uh, once I got to the seventh aisle in. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, you had a panic attack. I had a panic attack, yeah. and I had to leave. It's just <laughs> overwhelming. Yeah. Um, and I well, I, I want to thank you for powering through today. Yeah. Yes. And... and Good job. You know, I Good can job, say Pat. this didn't feel overwhelming in the same um, way. Um, and I think it's, right, It's uh, it had clearly demarcated places to go. So if you're into fishing and ice fishing, you had your section. If you were into guns, you had your section. Mm-hmm. If you were shopping there just to get, um, you know, stuff for the home, which was next to the stuff for the kids. You had that section. Um, so it didn't feel overwhelming Yeah. Uh, in the same way. I like that people brought their dogs. Yes, that yeah. was... And, 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 and do you notice what kind of dogs they brought? Huge dogs. Yes, they well, they were all working dogs. Yeah. They're all Labrador retrievers, one husky. Um, but there's like five Labrador retrievers there. And I think that goes with the aspirational thing. I mean, maybe those people are hunting with those labs. 
but maybe not. Maybe they're like my Labrador Retriever. The only thing he hunts is like you know pizza on the on the sidewalk. Um, but it's it's again it's this sort of fantasy of hunting and fishing, which is you know the irony of this is of course hunting and fishing are really things you do by and large with maybe one or two people. But they're incredibly boring. You're waiting for hours and hours and hours to catch a fish or to actually see something move and shoot it. And there's something about this which is like really fast and immediate gratification and all the things that hunting and fishing aren't. Right. But still it's that world which is being catered to. Well, hunting and fishing is a sedentary lifestyle outdoors. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. like... You have to hang out in a blind Here's a, here's a new place to sit and drink yeah. my beer. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Baseball game. Right. Fishing. But I think all good stores have a... Like, if you bought everything in there, you would be a real outdoorsman, right? Like, if you had the boat and the smoker and the sleeping bags and the, the wall decorations and everything. Right. Same as REI. Yeah. If you buy everything in REI, you, you're, like, a real hiker right. and a rock climber and stuff. And if you got everything in Ikea, then you're living the... Nordic, socialist, uh, well-designed, you know, um, minimalist life that you're supposed to be there, right? Like, and so all these stores do a good job of sort of offering you a pathway to becoming the ultimate form of yeah. that consumer, right. right? Exactly. And they create just, it's just not buying stuff like Life World. Um, down to the, you know, things like, I went in the dog aisle, Right. And what's great about the dog aisle is it's, it wasn't like Petco. It was hunting catered dog stuff. Right. Right? And so you can even outfit your dog like you might go hunting by getting the hunting collar. And so that's not to say that some of the people don't bring their dogs hunting and stuff like that. Right. But a lot probably also walk their dog to the local suburban dog run, but he's got... There's a special type of collar, which is this bright orange collar that's got this ring on it, which if it catches something, flips over, it doesn't catch them. And it's sort of like, it's a, it's a, I'm in the know. And if you know what that is, then I know it. And right. I know what that is. Just like someone could feel about a really well-crafted suit or a hiking boot. Right. You know? Oh, yeah, no, those are the really good Italian hiking boots or such and such. But the entry fee here is $12.95 for a, a dog collar. Hmm. Yeah, another thing we were talking about in there when Pat and I were walking around is like, you know, they have everything, but you don't necessarily buy everything, right? So my partner lady is, you know, lived in the woods and did real trail work and stuff, you know, and she would walk into any outdoor store and kind of look at most stuff and be like, this is all bullshit. This is this. You don't need this stuff. You really just need these few things. This is more convenient. This thing is better than that. And could kind of read it all and parse it. And if you were into guns or if you're into crossbows or you're into fishing or whatever, you can go in there too and you would have that knowledge and be like, yeah, these guys have everything. You don't need all this stuff. Well, if you're going to go fishing, all you need is this, these few things. And if you want to get more serious about it, right? But they give you, this place has all yeah. the options. That's what Jimmy and I did, actually. We just talk to the guy about these two Rugers, right. which is basically if you're you going to talk get... to the counter guy about guns. Yeah, no, we we pulled out the guns and <gasps> yeah. Oh wow. Um, no, because it's sort of like if you're going to start out and you want to do target shooting or uh, you know 
raccoon shooting um, uh, with, with there's like Ruger makes the best gun and then there's for a cheap price if you don't want to be a fetishized you know it's like Victoria about the, 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 the shoes those are cheap guns those are really expensive guns if you want to spend a lot of money you can get it but here are the two guns you want to choose from if you really want a good you know target shooting 22 and the guy was really friendly about it and he was he wasn't what I thought was interesting about the gun section there is a lot of gun stores you go to they've really bought into the fucking crazy NRA um, home protection tactical tactical sort of stuff (laughs) and this was actually reminds me of the sporting goods stores I went to when I was young in Uh which they would have hunting rifles and Six, you know, six twenty-two rifles or eight twenty-two rifles, and they have ammunition which is just for hunting, and they have targets just for hunting. There wasn't the creepy gun culture that I find in every other gun store you go to, which is just, yeah. <laughs> so there was this was within the context of sporting. Goods. Right. I grew up with Motels <laughs> as my sporting goods store. Yeah. So it was what was the best sneaker for? Right. Exactly. We <laughs> all have our different contexts. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> you have a different bar of gun culture. Mm-hmm. Like we were talking about that. Yeah. Pat and I walk around in there, and th- that was another point. Like the kids section creeped me out, and the gun part creeped me out. Because, like, you see all the all the paraphernalia and the... And I know there's worse stuff, and the tactical stuff is creepy, even creepier. But, like, you know, here's all the different kinds of bullets, and here's the different holsters. And we found... Pat was... We were checking out the ladies' purses where you can conceal your... Weapon. Uh, conce- yes. Yeah, concealing yeah. purses. And, like, that... All that stuff is part of it, right? Like, it, it makes it all normal. It makes it seem... You know, all these options and, like, accessories and part of your lifestyle instead of, like, something that, like, very few people actually need. And, um... I mean, needing is a tough thing. I mean, it's sort of like, does anybody need a basketball? Does anybody need, you know... Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're saying basketballs and guns are the same? I'm I'm (laughs) saying that for a large proportion of the United States, or not a large, a fair amount of people in the United States... Hunting, target shooting, and fishing is what they do as recreation. And this is uh, the models for that, those people. Um, with a lot of restaurants and weird, and like, you know, uh, if models also had, you know, a basketball court and a bar and right. all things like that. It's so, it's, to me, this wasn't weird because it really was part of a sporting culture or an aspiration sporting culture. So here's my question, because being in that space, I was kind of thinking, okay, are they doing the same thing that we, you know, lament about progressives doing? Because they're not reaching out to a larger audience. They have a very niche audience that they want to reach. And so what is the lesson here? Because it's, yeah, it's not a welcoming space if you're not already bought into it. Yeah, it, it, it's made for fans. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's a good question. They know their audience, and they create an experience for that audience. Mm-hmm. And maybe it is similar to, like, the anarchist bookstore. Right. Where it's like, hey, we've got this special kubachi tea or whatever, you know, <laughs> and we've got the, um, you know, the anarchist... Uh, 
what is it, the, the Daily Planner over here. And if you're an anarchist, this is the best thing possible. It's like I can get my tea over here. I can get my Daily Planner there. And I can la- read the latest, you know, um, feminist anarchist uh, text over there. But for anybody from the outside, you're like, whoa, can I just get a coffee? <laughs> so the other thing Pat and I were talking about was like, as far as like outdoors and sporting, mm-hmm. like it, it's the laziest form of it. <laughs> like basketball involves a shitload of running. I don't know the last time you've played basketball, but like I played in a student teacher game when I taught high school, playing against high school students. And like I could go for two minutes and then I was like, I got to sit down. Yeah. You know, it's exhausting. And and most sports and, you know, even if we're thinking about like REI as a reference point, you know, like hiking involves walking. The, the, the stu- the, you know, we saw multiple four wheeled vehicles out there. So you drive, then you feed. There's a deer feeder. Right. So you just set out, you feed the deer and then you sit there in a in a little hut or a thing that a chair, a chair, a chair in, a, in the tree that's tied to the tree. Wait for the deer to show up, aim your gun at it, and shoot it. Like, yeah. there's no, there's that's, I guess that, I guess it's recreation in that. I don't know. Like, I just don't. There, there's, there's not activity, right? There's, it's not that much work. No, it, it's not. But I think that, I mean, two things. One is, I think it is more akin to. When I go fishing or I go shooting, I talk to people. That's what we do. Uh, we yeah. hang out and we talk. Um, and it's like going to a Kill baseball things. game. <laughs> well, and, and, and if we're lucky. <laughs> Most of the time, you don't kill anything. I mean, yeah. It's like we killed stuff. I feel much better about it. <laughs> um, but you talk. And, um, and the thing is, is the fishing. And you're outside. And the shooting and, and fishing is very skill-based, too. And that that's the thing. It's, it's, it's actually quite hard to be a good shot. And most people don't catch fish, including myself. Mm-hmm. And some people catch a lot of fish uh, because they really know what the hell they're doing. And so that there's a, a level of skill. But it is not a physically demanding. I'd put, put it in the line of golf, um, watching baseball. <laughs> Um, no, but if you think no, about it... No, I get it. it. It's like you're just walking no, 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 a little no, bit, riding in a golf cart, and then firing a gun instead of swinging a golf club. Right? Kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that what we're missing in all that is on a basketball court or when you're actually playing soccer, you are not talking about politics. You're not talking about, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, you're not having conversations with people. Mm-hmm. When you're at a basketball game, I mean, or a baseball game, you do. Um, when you go hunt, when you go fishing or shooting, you basically talk to people about stuff. And some of the stuff's banal. It's about like, what lure are you using? You know, oh, what's that gun? They made those in 1963 and blah, blah, blah. You know, the same sort of tech talk that you get with anything else. But it's a conversational engagement. And I think that's kind of an interesting thing for activists to learn from, which is like, where are the spaces in which we're doing work, but we're also having social relationships? Mm-hmm. And not just do, 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 instrumental. Will you pass me the ball? Will you pass me the ball? You're not passing me the ball and so on and so forth. But slowing things down. Like fishing is so fucking boring. It is really, really boring. And it's like, you just slow down. Well, I mean, I guess I want to acknowledge like a couple things that I'm doing that maybe aren't fair. (laughs) One is that recreation involves activity instead of relaxing. Yeah. That part of, yeah, part of recreation is leisure. And so, you know, sitting out on a boat or whatever, 
or riding down a river or sitting in a duck. Ride, I mean, I ride motorcycles and like what's the difference between two wheels and four if you're like out in the trails or whatever, right? So there's that. And then also there's like different people that have different attitudes about what is sporting. Mm-hmm. So, you know, setting out feed for a deer and then waiting for it to show up and then shooting it in the head versus like tracking a deer and and having the calming down and the focus that it takes. Like I get target shooting, I get bow hunting where like you you have to sort of there's some calculation, there's precision, there's the breathing exercise and stuff like that to make fire the shot. I get all that. And that's different. You know, there's like different ways you can go about this. I get walking in the woods with somebody. Um, but, you know, I guess being around the, the commercialized version of that, where all that stuff is there and lumped together. And I don't know, I got a little creeped out. Yeah. I, I think this is a hard one for me to either translate or buy into <laughs> the, the benefits for it. Because it does seem, right... It seems to me it is this alternative, exclusive culture mm-hmm. um, that people you have. Feel at home there, right? Exactly, yeah. and so it's you know on the one hand, yeah, you know, have your alternative, exclusive culture, uh, but I think it's it it only engenders to have the opposite if you're if you don't feel part of it, right? right. It's just it makes me feel like okay, let's go do something where we feel comfortable because it, this isn't a, it's not a bridging culture right. in any way. Right. Um, so it makes me, right, that isolation makes me want to recreate more my own right. safe space. Right, which is, which is the world we live in now. Right, exactly. I mean, the exactly. Fa- you know, the fact that you guys are talking about guns the way that you're talking about it, is because we've developed two different cultures. Right. Well, here's the other thing that popped up into my head. The important news, right, because in this restaurant, in this store, with every single animal you can imagine stuffed, they had the vegan Impossible Burger. The concession. So you're welcome. <laughs> yes. They're like, welcome, Pat. Here's a vegan burger. Now <laughs> let's go shoot turkeys. A vegan burger. Right? And so... To me, it's it, it was just like, oh, right? When you have a, a commercial impact right. on society, that allows you to get into yeah. spaces you wouldn't normally get into. Um, and our server, even when I ordered the Impossible Burger, made it clear to me, uh, this this is just vegetarian. doesn't have any meat in it. So he wanted to make sure I was prepared that I wasn't eating uh, animal if I ordered this. Right. Um, that was funny. But I love, right? I love that. Um, uh, that was also, besides the house salad, the only, and the uh, drink <coughs> and right. the french fries, yeah. the only thing that would be without meat on the menu. Um, well, well, I want to go back to this idea yeah. of isolation because mm-hmm. I think, you know, you're right. That's a pretty limited bridging. To have one I, I think there thing. was more than that in bridging. Well, let, let me just finish right. this. Yeah. Is that yeah. I, I think that one of the problems is, is that we have developed into sort of different cultures where you can feel comfortable in REI or you can feel comfortable in Bass Pro Shops mm-hmm. or you can feel uncomfortable in REI or feel uncomfortable in Bass Pro Shops, or you can just slice and dice this any way possible, mm-hmm. right? And I think that, so my, when I, you know, first contact with guns, 
was in a sporting goods store that probably sold basketballs too, mm-hmm. right? And that 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 gun culture, like fishing culture, like basketball culture, and all that stuff, was actually part and parcel of it all. Mm-hmm. And so you could do the basketball, and you could drift over here, and so on and so forth. And what's happened is you have now the basketball things. You have the hiking store. You have the gun and fishing store. Right. And it's like the internet. You know, we've become completely fragmented. Um, and then, of course, what ends up happening is it feeds into the worst impulses. Although I don't think Bass Pro Shops did. But certainly I go to gun stores and they feed into the worst impulses of gun culture because they don't need to care about anything else. And worse, they self-justify themselves by being more and more obnoxious, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's not just true of gun shores, shops. I think it's true of, you know... REI, I find that place f***ing horrible, right? Just a bunch of yuppies who are never going to go hiking any place, <laughs> anytime, buying super expensive $400 or $600, such and such. And it's sort of like, all that had to be at one time tamper, tempered, right. right? By the sporting goods store. Right. It would have all of that stuff for everybody, right? And now it's just all little, little bits. Um, and I, I think that as activists we have to be very careful not to let that happen mm. you know is that every time make sure like we're not becoming Bass Pro Shops <laughs> we're not becoming REI we're not becoming even Models although I think Models is a little broader than some maybe not so REI is a member owned co-op I'm a member <laughs> um, I have been for a long time um, <laughs> and uh, but when I was a kid there was a store called Big Five. Do you, have you guys ever heard of Big Five? No. No? Maybe West Coast. I don't know. But, um, and, and in Big Five, they had guns but and fishing stuff. And I remember as a kid looking at the fishing stuff, but I went in there to get soccer things and baseball stuff, baseball equipment. And um, I don't think I really paid attention to the gun part. It was just, it's what you're saying about like, one big store. Mm-hmm. Um, and sorry, there's a fire truck behind me. Um, and what I think the Bass Pro Shop probably, I don't think it's as isolating. Like, Pat, I learned while we were in the store that you've been camping one time in your life. Yes. And um, out of Michigan. Good, well, good, good. Pretty hardcore. Yeah. Um, and you, what did you, you said, I'll do anything once. <laughs> right. right. So um, I think most people, maybe, I don't know, have been camping more than one time or think of it as a thing to do. You know, for my family, it was like a very affordable um, way of like spending the weekend together where like I think a richer family might consider skiing. Um, or something like that, right? But it was like, you get the campsite for six bucks a night from the state of California, and all you need is whatever equipment, and then you can reuse that equipment every time. So if you were a camping family and that was the store nearby, you could use that store and just not go to the gun section like when I was getting baseball stuff at Big Five and didn't pay attention to the gun part. And so they're they're offering a lot of different... There's different sections of the store. There's a fudge shop, you know? Yes. Yeah. You, you can run in there and grab candy and um, and go bowling. 
you know, so there are, if you're not into the whole thing, you don't have to be. There are these other, you can pick up, you can do a piecemeal, basically. Mm-hmm. And I do think they were good at that. Is there anything else about the, like, experience of the store? Uh, lessons learned, but for activism. For activism. The, I think the day, one of the things it seems like is the danger of creating spaces which are just for you and your people. Right. You know, I, I, like the positive is, wow, for someone who is really into the hunting and fishing lifestyle, this place is great. You know, not only can you buy every gear you want, you can walk around and imagine what it would be like to own this bow or that fishing rod, and then you get to go bowling and do other stuff, mm-hmm. right? And that's super awesome and fun. And then you feel totally alienated. Right. And, right, it's ABW, always be welcoming, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So how are... And I'm not a... I don't have a problem with having intentional designated spaces for yourself, mm-hmm. right, in your community. But then you know what those are, yeah. and you don't advertise them for people to come in right. to be unwelcome, right. right? But every time you do something that's public-facing, you really have to put on that lens of how are we making sure that this is public-facing rather than, you know, having our, you know, intimate gathering, you know, open for the public to witness. Yes, exactly. I would say that what they do is, like, the task in there is buying the thing, right? Mm-hmm. And then the, um, that, that's what they want you to do. But they present the whole world, right? Like it's a it's a it's artificial. It's that's not a real lake in there. Um, those animals aren't alive. Um, you can but you can go and you can sit in the tent and you can like see all the things and you can sort of see how the task fits into the bigger picture. How buying that stuff connects you with the natural environment or you know. Um, the experience of camping or, you know, you, there's many Bass Pro Shops where you can go in and actually shoot guns or, or right. do archery in the store. Right. Um, and the one in Memphis, you can sleep in the store. You know, like you can, you can have a literal lodge experience in this lodge environment and then buy the things that are part of all that there. And so there's like this all encompassing both, these are the tasks and these are the results of the tasks and presenting that in one world. And it would be great to be able to present that, not even to the people that were working alongside, but the, you know, that's always the goal of trying to get attract other people. It's like, this is what we're doing and this is what we'll, it will achieve. This is the world that you'll, you'll mm-hmm. enter by doing these things. So thinking about whatever you're trying to achieve, what's the result? What's it like to live in that world and how do you present that world? Which is like something we talk about all the time. But I think Bass Pro Shops is doing it really well. You're walking through it. You get the feeling of being an outdoorsman, you know, even though you're just in a retail store in Connecticut. Yeah, Yeah, so that's kind of the double edge, right? Right. On the one hand, you want to create this world that people can walk into to imagine what your world could be like. And this is what it would be like to be in a socialist, anarchist, feminist utopia. (laughs) Um, But at the same time, if it's too jarring, there's no entry point in. 
Exactly. And if you're not recreating anything, then you're just asking people to take a leap of faith. Mm-hmm. Right? Buy stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that only that can only last for so long. And it's funny that as a very secular movement, progressives do that so often. It's like, oh no, just trust us. It's just, you know, we're going to lead you to this, you know, new utopia or new, you know, uh, world. And we're not giving people any sense of what that could feel like or right. be like in their lives. Um, so that is the positive we can learn, right? That is the positive that yeah. we can learn. We can give them our version of the aquarium with big game fish in them. And trust that there will be impossible burgers there. <laughs> you know, the other thing that they're they're doing really well is like thinking about all the needs that you you might have. So it's not just the store. It's not just the place where you pick up this equipment. It, there's a place for your kids. There's a place to eat. There's a place to bowl. There's a place to blow off some steam and play an arcade game um, and do other things and buy a gift for your family or your kid or whatever, or decorate your house. Like all the these other things, every need that they could possibly try to meet, they're trying to meet in there. Like I don't know what else they could sell that was on brand, you know, that they're not selling. Right. And so they're really thinking in this complete way about how to how to sell you as many things as possible is one way to look at it, but meet as many needs possible needs that you have, you know? Would you guys recommend that people go to this store? Like, do they need to go to this store to sort of get what it's like? I know my answer. My answer is yes. Because... Okay, so why? Okay. Because you can, there are superstores that we would probably feel more comfortable in. I know I do. Like, Ikea, I have no, I mean, I get a little creeped out every once in a while, but for the most part, it's fine. You know, Target is fine. Walmart even, like, I can spend more time in there. It's fine. It doesn't feel as much like a a culture shift, culture clash for me. Um... One of the things when I first went into the Bass Pro Shop a year ago or whatever was like, oh my God, this is where so many other people, this is a huge store for them that I had no idea about and I would never go into. And I think that that's like, it's like a window into that other world that um, that can be challenging in a really good way. Yeah, I think that's a good way of thinking about it. Like, I'm actually super comfortable there. Like, I could have spent hours there looking around and checking shit out and so on and so forth. But there's other places which make me profoundly uncomfortable, right? So right. I'm not going to go back. Right. Um, and I don't feel any need to go back and so on and so forth. And probably... Need that one thing. Right. If our, you know, if our audience is into hunting and fishing and that sort of lifestyle, they don't need to go because they have their thing. But they should probably go to a Bed Bath & Beyond and spend a lot of time there. Right. Right? <laughs> or, you know, or an REI and spend some time there. And it's really about pushing your your boundaries about what you feel comfortable with and understanding that for other people, this is okay. Right. This, these, are makes it, these are the signs and symbols and stories which make meaning in their lives. Mm-hmm. And it's important to know those. Yeah. 
I, yeah, I wouldn't do a hard push to go. I would say if there's an online version, check it out. Um, <laughs> save yourself the trip. Um, and I, I do like the idea, and that's what we do, is putting yourself into uh, stretch places um, and places where you don't feel, you know, like it's designed for you, but what you can get out of it still. Um, for me, this was just too... It, yeah, it was, it was so unwelcoming that, yeah, I, I just feel I had like the opposite reaction. I wanted to hunker down, mm-hmm. um, in reaction to this space. Um, I get that. I would say like if you were in, I, I, I agree a bit. Like I don't know how much of an effort I would make, but if you're in Memphis or if you're in Birmingham or if you're in one of those cities where there's a, a really big store. Like I, in Memphis, I'd almost say you gotta go. Like it's got to be part of your Memphis trip. And and you know we found out about it from people saying like, oh, you going to Sun Studios? Like yeah, yeah. You going to Graceland? Yeah, yeah. You got to go to the Bass Pro Shop. I mean, oh. if you're you know if you're into that, you kind of it's even if you're not, you got to take a look. And we're like, okay. So um, I think I would say in that kind of situation, it's like part of the tour, you know. That is the end of our show. I mentioned before at the top that this is a lost episode. One of the things that was lost in this episode is the part where we say goodbye. So I'm going to say goodbye now. And if you want to keep up with the Center for Artistic Activism, find out if and when we put out another episode of the Pop Culture Salvage Expeditions or some of the videos that we've been working on or the opportunities to be a part of our trainings with Free the Vaccine for COVID-19, All of that is available through our mailing list, which is at c4aa.org slash newsletter. That's c4aa.org slash newsletter. And um, there's a lot of other people like our newsletters. We work hard at them. I think you'll like them too. Check it out. Um, Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.